This podcast is sponsored by Canoe Club. Canoe Club has been one of my favorite retailers for such a long time, so it's a real honor to have them, you know, sponsoring the pod. If you're unfamiliar with Canoe Club, it's a retailer based out of Boulder, Colorado, that carries brands such as you know, Engineer Garments, Visvim, Capital, Nanamika, Levi's, Orslo, you know, Friends of the Pod, Marnie, Solomon, and Popeye Magazine, and so much more. They have such an incredible assortment, you know, ranging from under the radar emerging brands to beloved heritage brands. I had the founder of Canoe Club, Timothy Grindle, on the podcast, which I'll have linked in the description if you're interested in learning more about the retailer. I'll also be showcasing some of my favorite pieces on the Fashion Collective Instagram, as well as in the weekly newsletter. very kind to offer a 15% discount code for all the Fashion Collective podcast listeners. Use code FashionCollective15 to get 15% off your next order. Again, it is FashionCollective15 to get 15% off your next order. The link to the site will be linked in the description for you guys to head over and check out the assortment. Hello, I'm Alexander Walker of the Fashion Collective Podcast. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're a new listener, then thank you for taking the time to check us out. The Fashion Collective Podcast is a place for creatives to learn, share, collaborate, and support each other. Each week, you'll get in-depth interviews with creators talking about their creative process, inspirations, giving advice, and sharing their opinions on the major topics within the industry. Our mission is to create a space for creatives. If you enjoy the content in this series, please check out our other weekly series, such as the News Roundup and Deep Dive. Also, if you have the time, I would greatly appreciate you taking the time to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Today, I have Jimmy Garecki on the podcast to talk about his incredible career. We talk about growing up in Philly, in the skate scene, you know, joining Pharrell's ice cream skate team, you know, starting JSP and standard issue tees, the recent Vans collaboration, and working with the team over at 18 East. Really excited about sharing this one. And with that being said, let's just jump right into it. All right. How's it going, Jimmy? I'm good. I'm good. Just uh, getting work emails on a non-work day. Yeah. <laughs> Always working. I can definitely see that. Before we kind of jump into everything, can you just share a little bit about yourself, you know, what you do? Yep. My name is Jimmy Gorecki and I'm a um, partner in a blanks company named Standard Issue Tees. And I'm also a founder and partner in a sweatsuit brand named JSP, uh, Jimmy Sweatpants. Um, all of which is based out of Vernon, California. Both brands I do with my partner, Jared Lee. Uh, we produce, cut, sew, pack, print, ship all out of, all under the same roof. And uh, yeah, we're just, it's, uh, they're both brands that align um, with, you know, who we are as people. Yeah, it's been, you know, we've been at it for since 2017. My partner and I have actually started back in 2013 and did it, did JSP together from 2013 to 2015 reconnected in 2017 yes everything's been a learning experience to get us to where we're at today still miles from where we'd like to be but we're um we like where the product and the and the brand has evolved to 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 today you know on february 15th of 2021 yeah and you guys have been working on a lot of really cool projects over the last few years especially recently so i definitely want to jump into those later on Moving into segment one, style ethos, how would you describe your personal style to the audience? This can be through a fit, through references, like how would you describe your style? Man, I like uh I like the the analogy of like highs and lows. I like to be able to go one way one day and then flip and turn it around and go somewhere else the next day. You know, I've never felt like too locked into a to a particular look or feel. You know, you could have you could have months where you're really like one particular pair of pants. It might be a jean that you can just run that and mix and match it with different tops and, and footwear, or, you know, you might be heavy on sweatsuits. I like to kind of be a chameleon of sorts, you know, and just try different stuff, just depending on where my mood is at. You know, obviously I like my heart, you know, I, I'm such a sports person, 
and I come from a world of like, especially like old hip hop fashion. So that's always been a major influence. You know, I love a jersey with one sleeve in and one sleeve out, like fucking Nelly back in the day or like, yeah. you, know, you know, but uh, I also like things as interesting as like, like 18 East woven textiles and stuff. So yeah, kind of all over the place in, in all honesty. I don't know even know if I have, you know, one particular look or feel, but yeah, it's just kind of, I'm a very scatterbrained person. So I think my, I think my fashion interests are reflective of that. So not bad scatterbrain, just a co- kind of always moving and stuff. So yeah, into different things. I definitely see that. And that kind of makes me want to move into segment two. You know, what have you been obsessed with lately? This can be movies, music, brands, TV shows, books, articles, sports. I know you must be happy seeing the 76ers do really well this year. Yeah, I, I think um, what I've really been into, what I, I, you know, one thing that always drives me is, is obviously skateboarding, but particularly, I think throughout the course of the last 10 or 11 months, I stepped back to really watch, you know, we obviously had a lot of downtime. So I watched a lot of skate videos that I grew up on. Early issues of 411 Magazine, Trilogy, Eastern Exposure, real nonfiction, just skate videos that that were instrumental in, um, you know, really like teaching me on my perspective on skateboarding, which has has influenced everything else that I do. Right. Um, so to be able to go back and, um, you know, just, you know, watch through these old videos and, and the personalities and, and the fashions and, and styles. Um, and just to see the, the foundation of like such a, an amazing underground pastime, which isn't so underground anymore. It's obviously very, it's a multi-billion dollar business skateboarding. It's in the Olympics now, but to see just crazy. the years that I grew up, you know, getting into it and being becoming very passionate about it and seeing the visuals that accompany it. That's, you know, that's really what throughout the course of, of, of the COVID-19 pandemic, that's really been a um, really influential and, and motivating source of content for me. Can you find most of those on YouTube or are they I do, Yeah, on? I'll just, okay. uh, I mean, there's, there's obviously a very, uh, there's a very um, big channel of, um, retro skate clips on on in social media and stuff but i like nice. to just go on the tv and, and pull up the youtube app and just watch them through there and regardless of the quality of of the upload they're all fun to, to sort through so definitely is there any skate teams that you enjoy watching their videos now like currently um particularly now uh i really enjoy the palace guys i like uh yeah aside from how massive the the company is you know i like the 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 type of skaters that they and the styles of skaters that they choose to endorse we're just guys i really really enjoy and then uh for the most part all of the kids in philadelphia they're you know i like what you know having come from that same you know same lineage i like to see the current kids and you know kind of like relive a, an awesome time in my life through through their lens so yeah, vicariously yeah come up so yay definitely awesome and then any like music i know you're like really big into the title playlist oh uh, man um uh, what have i been listening to man that's interesting i i went like on a hard download pretty recently man and and uh, uh another one throughout all of the the pandemic was reconnecting with like all of all of the artists under the the, the wu-tang catalog oh yeah uh, you know, it was, it, you know, I forgot just how educational, you know what I'm saying? A lot of their, their, their music was sound, the vibe and all of them just kind of going through each artist one by one and, um, you know, just reconnecting with albums that, you know, were very prominent to me growing up. And I listened to them now and like, well, it was, it was very, I don't know, just very forward and stuff. So. Yeah. Going back to kind of comfort during, you know, such an unpredictable time. Man, just things that were, that have always like found peace in man you know what yeah. i'm saying like so and you know it's funny like I, my daughter you know my daughter don't know any of these music <laughs> yeah. she's in, on the radio my wife she has she is very open-minded music wise so like she you know some of them she knows some she don't but like you know it's it's cool to uh it's been cool to rehash a lot of them very nice moving into segment three you know rabbit fire just kind of giving your quick opinion on some stuff that's happening one i want to see because especially you, you coming from a, you know, a skating background, you're very familiar with this, with this model, but you know, what do you think about the current, you know, Nike dunks craze? It feels like they're all over Instagram. It feels like Nike's releasing one each week. You know, what's your opinion on the, um, on the popularity? You know, it was, uh, 
it's it's it, I honestly like having lived through um the first SB trend knowing people that were instrumental in like repurposing dunks when they first came out uh you know what i'm saying like going up to like union way back in the day and seeing them on the shelves in there i think before like sb even really launched like you know at it's it's cool because it take it again it takes me back to a very awesome time in my life going to college and stuff and the skate shop i skated for at the time would always just give them to me you know what i'm saying like all of them i, I don't you know i don't think i paid more than 37 dollars for any of the best dunks that had ever come out, the Futuras, the, you know what I'm saying, the Reese Forbes, all of them, you know, Geno's, the very first ones. So it's interesting to see, you know, how much they're that, how popular they are again. You know, I never really got in. There were ones that like, once they got really like gimmicky, I didn't really fuck with them, whether it's like the Mork and Mindy's or like, you know, like there were ones where I was like this, you know, there's just no, I don't see the connection to. Yeah. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, you know, those ones they don't really like, I don't know, they don't touch my heart the way that like, say, like Reese's Hunter Dunk or, you know what I'm saying? Shit like that. But, uh, but yeah, it's cool. It's interesting, man. It's cool to see people going back and, and yeah, rehashing a very particular shoe in a very particular time period, you know? Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, I think especially you coming from, you know, skating and also just having a you know, a really profound appreciation for sneaker culture. I just want to get your opinion on it. And it kind of leads into kind of the second one, you know, what are your thoughts on the, you know, the state of, you know, the skate culture, the skate community right now? Man, it's, uh, it, it's interesting, man. It just, it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And um, I feel like there's, I feel like when you see skate fashion, when you see the tricks, um, when you see so much of it, it's like it's all wrapped together you know what i'm saying it's all blended together of different styles and stuff that you've seen over the years from like you know back in the day you know when i grew up or prior to it was like you dressed a certain way you skated a certain way your board you rode or a certain way you know and if you deviated outside of that you know you could come on under, under criticism you know what i'm saying like there were the daggers and then there was the fresh kids and then there's the the gothy ones, you know what I'm saying? So like now it's all blended together. And 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 honestly, like that's when I think of, you know, skateboarding always prides itself for being, you know, very open-minded, you know, inclusive. You know what I'm saying? Like you could, you know, you you like everybody, like a skateboard can connect so many different type of types of, of people from different walks of life. But yeah. I feel like nowadays you really see that in in the tricks that guys do, their ability to do them to you know how they dress they could be influenced by so many different things and you can see that in their style so it's uh it's 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 interesting the underlying parts of it has grown you know all the way up to like the commercial aspects of it you know so it's uh it's cool yeah i mean it's definitely interesting to see i think we still have a lot of you know really great skaters and people who you know are doing justice to the to the craft mm -hmm. yeah you know going into my last one you know you have, you know, two brands based out of the, out of California, the LA area, you know, I feel like LA always gets like flag compared, especially from people from New York who say, oh, LA isn't as good as New York in terms of fashion. You know, what's your opinion on like the fashion and design scene in LA? Um, it's, it's interesting. That's a good question, man. I, you know, when I was younger, especially when I was, while I was in Philly and I didn't really know you know, I would come to LA a lot. I didn't know particularly too much about like the real aspects of, of fashion in LA, other than what you see commercially on TV, music, movies, whatever. It's taken over the last 15 years to see, you know, just how influential so many things are here. You know, it's, it's, it's always been like a capital in terms of like the the fashion community and fashion scene and, and skateboarding as well music you know everything i think now you see how many people have moved to los angeles east coast people new york philadelphia midwest like you know it's it's it it went from being like this hub that people would just come and go to to now it's like it seems like uh, you know a lot of people are, have made it like a permanent destination i think i think it's awesome man i think but aside from the 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 transplant aspect of it you know i've always said like some of the most amazing people i've ever met 
and talented people I've ever met are people actually born and raised here. And they represent so much of, of the Los Angeles scene. And when you go into neighborhoods like a Lamert Park or you, you realize it ain't much different than North Philly. It ain't much different than West Philly. It's not much different than Brooklyn. You know what I'm saying? It's not, right. uh, you know, there's, I think there's this overlying cast on it. We've seen just cause how much huge production type shit is here, but underneath it all is like the, the reality, the, you know, the real, the real DNA to the people in the city and, and the things that, you know, that represent them on a, on a fashion sense. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I definitely understand that. And, you know, I was actually planning on going to LA, but due to COVID and everything, I had to cancel the trip, but definitely after, you know, COVID and the pandemic is kind of, you know, winding down, I hope to make it out there, but. Yeah. It's interesting, man. Cause you, you go through different LA is awesome because you go through, you know, if you go to the beach, you go to Venice and there's, it's got to look and a feel. You go to Lamert Park, it's got to look and a feel. You go to, you know, I live in Northeast LA. You come on this side, it's got a different look and a feel. You know what I'm saying? It's different neighborhoods. So different, you know what I'm saying? They're into different things. And, you know, it's all universally LA, but, uh, but yeah, it's just, you know, you see why, why people are so inspired here. You know, you can get, you can get a lot of shit done. And underneath all of what you think you've, you're grown to know about the place, the reality is beneath it all is is so much amazing shit, you know, and amazing people. So, yeah, and I've met, I've had quite a few brands based out of LA come on the podcast, BTFL, you know, Cool Calm Studios. Really love what you know Union's doing. Moving into the main topic, you know, your journey, you know, what you've been up to. I want to start from the very beginning. You know, you grew up in you know Norristown, you mm -hmm. know little bit out of Philly, which was becoming, you know, one of the best places to skate in the US. You know, what was so special about, you know, the Philly skating scene at that time? You know, how was it different than, you know, the epicenter like California? There's just, there was just something uniquely just grimy and 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 gritty and thorough about this particularly one square block. You know, like there's been other places in um you know, it, obviously in other cities in Frisco and LA that in DC and, and the Brooklyn Banks that have had a similar thing, but there was just something. And I think maybe with uh, with like Love Park, it had built over years. It had been previous generations that, that led up to um, the culminating in the attention during the time period when I was skating there. You know, you had something unique, like, like a Josh Kalis, but then you also had something that was authentically Philly with someone like a Stevie Williams. And, and I just think the amount of brands that were invested in it at the time, how much the skateboard media wanted from it. You know, I just, like I said, man, Philly's um is a very tough, tough place. You know what I'm saying? So like, especially during that time downtown and that, that it's only gotten harder. There's just something rich about it. And the skating was amazing. You know, and the companies that have always supported the scene there, you know, did it, you know, always depicted it right. So. Yeah. And I, you know, as you said, you used to put in those, you know, long hours at Love Park and you said that it was, you know, it's a, it's a tough place to come up. You know, how was it being mentored by like those older skaters at that time? Like, you know, what were you able to learn? You know, I think a, a, a the, the biggest lesson was that like nothing you're, you don't go anywhere without without the skating actually going anywhere. So it was like, you couldn't just, it all came down to your skating. You know what I'm saying? If you weren't, if you weren't skating hard, then like move to the side. And and I think that just a put actually putting in the work, you know, that always educated me, you know, just doing right by the people that get behind you. You know what I'm saying? Like if someone's willing to give you a cosign and open a door for you, you know what I'm saying? Like you better make them look good. You know what I'm saying? Make them make, you know, make people look good in their investment, you know? So, yeah. you know, I just took that out of it and also understood in terms of, of, of giving back. So, if, you know, the way people look, look out for you, make sure you do right by, you know what I'm saying? The younger kids. So, and that's what I've always tried to, tried to work really hard to like, keep bringing attention back to those same areas. Cause I, I understand that, that passion, you know, and what that, that, that type of enthusiasm looks like. So. Definitely. Yeah. And, you know, it led to you, you know, growing within that scene, the, you know, the skate culture scene, you know, and also around this time, you kind of got integrated into the budding sneaker community that happened, you know, with stores like Ubik opening up and Rittenhouse Row, you know, how was, how would you describe like the energy and like the excitement for sneakers at the time? Like, you know, how yeah. was that? 
Yeah, honestly, Alexander, I had no idea what I was stepping into. And and when I did, it was like, it was, it was mind blowing. Cause I was like, you know, obviously I loved sneakers. I knew the ones that I was particular about, but I, I didn't understand how much deeper it actually got, you know? So to see that was unique, man, to see people coming from New York or coming from DC or wherever, if they were in, you know, from Japan to buy sneakers in Philly, I thought it was cool. I thought like, yo, we have this thing that like people around the world are interested in, you know? So that was really, really unique. And, and Ubik opened my eyes to, to so much stuff from what a store can look like uh, if, you know, if you really put some time and thought and energy into it, how that translates to the rest of the world, to your presentation, to when people actually come into the store, you know, because mind you, this is pre, pre-digital pre era, pre like e-com business being like that, you know, it was all brick and mortar. It was like you actually had to go in and that experience was, was uh, you know, was important, you know, so, so yeah, no, nah, it was, it was, yeah, it was mind blowing. And on top of, obviously from the product side, it was like, I didn't know these packs. I didn't know these tiers at these different companies. I didn't know all the streetwear labels that were connected to the world. So it was, yeah, it was mind blowing. So you went on to join the team at, you know, Ubik and, you know, thanks to, you know, Nina Scalia and who had worked at, you know, Zoo York and eventually. And you do, you're, you do, you've done good research, man. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Who would eventually, you know, be the brand manager for, you know, ice cream, which is really big. And, you know, he asked you to kind of join the team, the, the skate team, when uh, Pharrell was looking to expand it. You know, I know you were still with, you know, aesthetic skateboards. You know, why were you initially hesitant to join the team? Man, it was, uh, well, the, you know, the funny thing with, with skate back then, and, uh, and maybe these rules still exist, I don't know, you know, but there was kind of this underlying thing where, like, if you if you jumped on a shoe company that was outside of, um, the skate business in shoes, it's mm. kind of hard to come back, you know? So like, I think that was always kind mm. of on my mind, you know, and I don't know how true that is, you know, but I've heard, I had heard things like, oh, such and such went a road for this small upstart company and had trouble finding a shoe sponsor afterwards and stuff. So, yeah, I think that weird underlying rule maybe was in there and, you know, it was, uh, it was kind of hard to at first see the context of, you know, Nino is, is, an, is an amazing visionary, you know, yeah. he always has been, you know, so it wasn't that the, the plan or the blueprint or the outline that he had put together wasn't descriptive enough for me to see just what he was, you know, what he was thinking. I just, you know, maybe a bit overwhelmed, maybe a bit scared to try to do something on such a level, you know, um, but yeah, I just think, you know, took me some time and talking to people that obviously knew Nino and knew how good his follow through was, you know, and just seeing that so many things with the brand actually did align with who I was as a person. So thank God I, I doubled back on that decision. So, yeah. And, but, you know, you went on to say like in, you know, previous interviews that, you know, as you were part of the team, things started to, you know, stray further from the original vision from like, you know, some of the ads and some of the yeah. footwear options you know, how was it being on the team? And, you know, the coolest thing not to cut you off, Alex, yeah. like one of the raddest things that Nino had set up in the original proposal and everything was for the for the introductory ads for each individual. Mm -hmm. He was going to go to lengths for us to be able to rent or permit off a skate spot, you know, like ooh, whatever, ooh. whatever the Nino was through Reebok and through Star Trek. Yeah. Whatever the particular. So if there was a spot you wanted to skate that might have been a bust, you know, he was like, I'm gonna work with the powers that be for you for us to to permit that spot, you know. And you know, the thought of that was pretty amazing. You know what I'm saying? Like, damn, like, you know, obviously, like if something comes forth, whether it's at a love park or something, actually I don't even think I think during that time period, love might have been on might have been quiet, but you know, just the thought of like being able to do to pick a spot that like, man, I can go through any spot that I want to skate and might not have ever been able to skate to try something was a pretty awesome, um, pretty awesome idea, pretty unique gesture on behalf of Nino. So it's like stuff yeah. like that. It was like, this will, this will be awesome, you know? Yeah. So were you able to, you know, meet Pharrell during this time period? Like how involved was he? Prior to or, or during? Uh, during. Oh, uh, during? No, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, he was, that was, that was, pretty awesome he sunk we, nino found 
an ability to to sync our schedules together. So kind of build around, you know, if we were over here filming for skating, you would see where they're at and we'll connect. If we were down in Miami skating, um, we'd get together and connect. So like there was, you know, and, and, and he involved us in a lot of shit in his, in his music videos and, you know, lookbooks, performances at award shows and stuff. There was a lot of stuff that, that he incorporated us into, which was, was amazing because we were skaters, you know what I'm saying? We weren't, you know, we weren't musicians. We weren't like some powerful influencers at the time, you know, like, you know, Terry was already, well, Terry was hella famous at that point. The majority, you know, the rest of us were pretty, pretty unknown, you know what I'm saying? So like the fact that he was like, yo, this is just my skate team. Yeah. You're gonna learn who they are and, and I'm going to bring them along with me is, is, was amazing. I still look back on the trip out, you know? Yeah. I mean, that has to be surreal being like a young kid coming up and, you know, trying to, you know, pursue your career in skateboarding and you know being in a pharrell video like that's insane like we, yeah we we honestly man and just boiled down to like we would be places that i don't think anybody skateboarding or regardless whomever didn't could never imagine being you know what i'm saying so right you know sitting there on a music set and i'm like they're like jimmy this is busta rhymes and i'm like <laughs> oh hey holy shit so busta rhymes you know what i'm saying <laughs> like, um those were those were pretty pretty awesome experiences so yeah. So I guess, correct me if I'm wrong, but I guess this experience of, you know, working at Ubik, you know, getting mentored by, you know, Sal and, you know, working with the, you know, the, with Ice Cream and being a part of that team, you know, that must have been really instrumental in learning more about, you know, how to, you know, have a streetwear brand or, you know, be within, the, you know, the sneaker community in a business sense. You yeah. Know, is this kind of when you started realizing, like, maybe I want to, you know, pursue a career in fashion it was uh man you know i i to be brutally honest no okay i know but along the way i'm I, you know I, I just recognize i'm learning different aspects of it i'm coming from okay as a sponsor skater i'm i'm working retail understanding learning product and businesses retail experience customer service the importance of customer service i had gone at the same time going to school for marketing and pr and then ice cream is like, yo, you're figuring out like, if you ever get something going, this is where you could take it to, you know what I'm saying? Like, obviously, getting things to Pharrell level are few and far between, but like understanding like, this is where you started as a skater. This is where, you know, the uh, this opportunities are endless, you know what I'm saying? Like, so if you work hard enough, like, not to say who's, who's ever going to be Pharrell level, but like, this is where you, you could go. go. Yeah. You Oh, with shit. Yeah. So that was all. It wasn't until um, it wasn't until years later, man, maybe five, six years after ice cream that uh, I actually stepped into like more of a fashion space and realized like looking back, everything I had been part of and learned how to like mash it all together and make sense of it for myself. So I think that's a great way into just talking about GSP and standard issue tees and everything. You know, what was your goal when you kind of started GSP in like what 2013? Man, um, I don't, I didn't even actually have a goal for it, Alex. I was working, uh, so there was a footwear company called Gourmet Footwear. Um, right, yeah. So and Gourmet is one of the most awesomest independent shoe brands that's ever existed to me. What I saw them do from early on, from their shoes to like doing really amazing clothing lines with it that were like, you know, years ahead of the curve, man, way before like anybody from a not high fashion world was making high fashion shit with high fashion price tags. I feel like other, you know, like separate from like a nom de guerre or something, you know, just such a unique perspective. Yeah. I started working with Greg Lucci, one of the founders of that brand from 2013 to uh, 2015. And Greg was just like, you know, he, you know, he saw what I put forth for his company, but he would always nudge me to be like, yo, I know you love the vision for gourmet, but what's your vision? Because I don't want you to get, you know, I just don't want your energy and your effort to get stale because you're sitting here focusing on something that is not your brand. It's not your idea. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't want you to get bottled up trying to figure out how to make sense of all this, you know, figure out what makes sense to you. And then this shit will actually come easier for you. And that was the best advice I could have ever got from anybody. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, 
And he was, you know, he's like where the brand was at. You know what I'm saying? It was like they had started, I think, 20, like 2005. So now 2013, they're eight years in. They've gone through different partnerships, different manufacturers. You know, it's hard. To, it's, it's, it's not the most sustainable. You know what I'm saying? So where that company was at, he was like, yeah, I think it was actually looking me out. You know what I'm saying? In terms of like thinking long term from this situation. And, uh, you know, it was really just figuring out something that that was fun for me, you know, and I. I landed in in the office of Jared Lee, my partner, and you know, just helping getting ideas out, man. It's just being able to stay pa stay passionate, stay creative, you know, find something that was fun to do, you know, and but it reminds me of skating, you know. So you've been able to, you know, grow it over these, you know, few years. And, you know, I wanna just get into it. I guess let's talk about the recent collaboration with, you know, Vance Vault mm -hmm. for that release on the on the tenth, right? Of this on month. On the 10th. Yeah. Yep. This is actually our second. No, I mean, in terms of footwear, this is like the fourth or fifth, like footwear type partnership we've done. Um, the very first one went back that the very, actually the first one was, was amazing. Cause I got to go back and work with Josh Kalis at DC. Oh uh, cool, yeah. And you know, I, I, so I was around to see Josh's first shoe come out and to see the magnitude of that and even being a fan of the shoe, you know, and you know how that conversation came about and, and Josh's ability and willingness to be like, yo, Jimmy, I, I trust you with the vision for the shoe and whatever you need from, from me to help put that vision forth, you know, I, you, you got it. So he, you know, he would fly all over the place with me on the East coast. We, you know, to put the visuals and stuff together and that came out. And, you know, I think for it being a very specific division, and and a perspective with like the retro DC stuff, I think it landed in a good place with people. You know, I think it people saw it how we wanted it to be seen, and um, I think we did something with Reebok afterwards, or no, actually the Reebok thing was prior too. But then Josh's shoe, and then I think things like that allowed people at these uh, Vans. I'm sorry, I think to see, you know, I think what we were capable of. You know, what I'm saying as like a, as as shoe collaborators and being a, a sweatsuit brand and where we would uh, want to go with things. And this, this project, this, this project, I think hit home on a whole different way, just because a, the invite they gave us in terms of picking the silhouettes that we wanted. And there's just always been something about the chuck boot to me that, that really resonated and always hit home. Um, I love the W tap stuff. Some of my friends from New York that were very like impactful on me in terms of sneaker culture, were people I shared that love of, of the Chuckaboot with. So it was just little little things, man. It might not make sense to other people, but to me, that's what makes sense in my head on why that shoe was what it was. And um, just going through the design process and figuring out how we wanted to tell that story. The young man that did the, that did the, um, the hand style on the outsole, super old friend of mine. Love uh, that. Yeah, that graffiti-esque design, man. yeah. Yeah, awesome dude, man. And someone that I have seen, you know, really have to fight, you know, box his way through life, man. Life is hard as fuck, especially when you're from, you know, he's from Kensington, which is one of the toughest places in the fucking world. You know, if you anybody walked down the street in Kensington right now, they'd be like, mind blown, you know, and to, to come from that, you know, he's a great dude, he's a great father. And to be able to like, ask him, you know, he could have said no, he could have been like, yo, what the fuck, you know, Jimmy, I'm, I'm cool, you know, off some you know, I don't know where his head was at, you know what I'm saying? But he was like, he was, he was down to help me with it. And that was, uh, that was the coolest thing. And to, for him to be able to show his kid, show his family and to see their response to it before the general public, seeing how all, how, like how psyched they were about it to see that, you know what I'm saying? Like that was the coolest thing. And then to see how my family, you know what I'm saying? Like we made them in kid sizes so my daughter can wear them, my wife That's can nice. wear them, you know? So it's just, uh, yeah, these are opportunities man you can never you just don't you know you know you never know that you're gonna have the, the chance to do so you know just making sure that people at vans know that we put every ounce of effort and, and energy into it you know so definitely and it, it was made in honor of you know love park which i think closed down in what 2016 they they re renovated it yeah yeah, yep. yeah. It, 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 and it was interesting because it was you know 2002 2003 they they made some changes to it. They, you know, they put grass up top, they put new planters in. But a lot of the the individuals and the people from when I spent a lot of time there, you know, they had other business things. They had to, you know, they couldn't revolve what, you know, the state of it around what they had going on. So people moved, they got, you know, they got to do what they got to do. And 
at that time period, I kind of fell back. I was more involved with the ice cream stuff. And yeah, a whole new generation of kids took the time to rebuild the scene, you know, and that's, it took them a little bit, but they did. And they did it so authentically Philly and so authentically Love Park. And from their style of skating, again, to their fashion and, and everything, man. And they've kept the, uh, the tradition going, which is, to me, is amazing, you know. But they've done it on their own terms, you know. Like, they have no big industry co-sign, no media co-sign, like, this is how we wanted to sh- this depict it. And, you know, that was pretty yeah, cool. Definitely. And I think you can see that in the campaign video you guys made for the release, I think, really showcased what collaboration was all about. Another collab I want to talk about was the one with uh, CRTFD. So you guys did, like, some, like, very comfortable, kind of simple apparel that's, you know, very sustainable using uh, hemp, cloth, and material. You know, how was it, you know, connecting with them for for this collaboration that that was a great one too uh the gentleman that the their their art director is a is a friend of mine named najib yeah and uh, he's from philadelphia me and him have been friends for dude, 20 years man i had no idea for the first five to ten years just like how creative this guy actually was you know like he he had other business ventures and stuff prior to you know obviously always into sneakers and everything but like that you know he, he did some stuff with divine lorraine of building in, in oh. Philadelphia. Uh, he's done stuff with Lapstone. He's done his own stuff. And then we actually did some sweatsuits together, sweatpants and sweatshorts. Uh, just to see the depth of his, like, his design DNA is, and what he's into is like, you know, I, I just, I trip on designers, man. I'm not a designer. Like people that are, that are truly creative like that and uh, can keep coming up with new ideas or their own takes on ideas is like, is mind blowing to me. And Najib is one of them. So to be able to, to connect with him on that was cool. You know, certified has a very their their whole thing is sustainability, right? Which which is obviously a big conversation right now, especially in in the fashion realm. Uh, but those guys, you know, they it, it's it's not just like a, a marketing buzzword, yeah, yeah. marketing. Yeah. They won't do it if it's not if it doesn't align with what their their company's ethics and morals are. So it was educational for me. For one, learning that side and, you know, and, and and like, like I said, man, just fun to work with somebody that I've known for so long and, uh, and trust and, you know, it all came out really well. Yeah. Do you plan on utilizing more like eco-friendly materials and fabrics? We have. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Yep. We've, uh, shortly after, my partner's always been exploring it, you know, it sucks, man. Cause in your business, everything is like, it all comes down to cost. Right. So it's like what makes the most sense and we're fucked up as a as a society where like organic and more sustainable shit sometimes is more expensive than the bullshit you know so you know but for us it's just like you know we got to be conscious of it. we got kids what kind of world do we want to leave for them you know what i'm saying it's for for their kids and for just for other people's you know just for the well-being of, of the planet so so yeah now we've already started getting more organic cottons and stuff and everything so nice and you know, as you said, it's very important moving forward, especially, you know, as a fashion industry, who's a major contributor to the issue. Ooh, but man. yeah, <laughs> you know, as someone who's done so many different collaborations with, you know, merging brands to, you know, some of the biggest sportswear brands in the, you know, in the world, what's your mindset when you're going into, you know, creating collaborations? Because I think all of them are noteworthy and feel special and feel like they actually have a real narrative. You know, a lot of collaborations, don't have that so you know what's your mindset when you're going into collaborate with a different brand um i think it's uh well for me it's like twofold where it's like i'm not good at faking it i'm not good at you know trying to dupe or finesse people so if it doesn't if it doesn't really like align with me as a person or i think aligns with the company people you'll see it man you know what i'm saying like it'll you you'll be able to see it i just can't i can't fake it, you know, in terms of presenting something to somebody, especially that something that you're asking people to put their fucking money towards, you know, so excuse my language. And then the second part is just, just, just valuing that, you know, with, I think the beauty of collaborations are, you have your party, you have your network, your community that you speak to regularly. So someone else is willing to say to all their people, yo, check this thing out, check these people out, check this product out. You don't know how many of them are going to come along the ride with you afterwards, but can't keep preaching to the choir, right? So it's like the fact that someone is willing to co-sign you to their whole 
community to me that's the biggest thing and and that's what yeah. you've got that's what i value and appreciate because you know it's it's safety in numbers and the more you know what i'm saying in sake of in sake of business supporters everything like the more people that you have riding for you that's all that's an awesome awesome thing you know and i think that's an awesome way to grow too because it comes from a from a real place it comes from a natural place and you know i hope we're able to do the same for other people you know what i'm saying in, in terms of like introducing our community to new companies or new designers and new products or ideas so it's just twofold in that sense with with collaborations for us yeah and it seems like it's always you know very organic and very natural and i think that's a great lead way into your work with 18 East, you know, you've been working with them and it's one of my favorite brands at the moment. Love what Antonio Cingoli has been doing. Mm-hmm. You know, how did you meet him and the, you know, the rest of the team at 18 East? Antonio, this is interesting. So I, I was working at a brand called No One System in Venice and they're uh, really awesome handmade sneakers. The very first release that we put out, you know, it was very micro. So like the very first release we put out, I had, you know, they're expensive. This gentleman bought two pairs and, uh, and I immediately, I was like, damn, that's, that's, you know, that's quite the bag, you know, for this company that you don't know anything about, you know? So yeah, very shortly after a mutual friend of mine goes, yeah, but yeah, my friend Antonio just bought, told me he got a couple pairs of your shoes. You know, he's like, you know, he's like, you know, Antonio from skating, I feel like, but he's like, you know, he's, he's like a mega talented and seasoned fashion designer. So I was like, wow, it's, it's interesting that this this little thing that we we're working on getting the notice of, you know, veteran designers and on top of it, they've got some skate background. We got mutual friends. So so we connected through that. He, Antonio helped me out with 18 East and uh, I'm I'm sorry, with with no one. And then um when I transferred over to Standard Issue, you know, he was very supportive out the gate, you know, and he had been telling me that this project he'd been working on when he showed me the prod of the first season, I was just like, again, like, holy smokes, like you made all of this, yeah. you know, we got t-shirts that are awesome, you know, like, you know, you got this whole line of like outerwear and pants and denim. And it was just like, incre- and honestly, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I'd ever seen anything like that. You know, I just really liked the shit. So we just, uh, you know, and he'd asked me to like model the first season. I thought that was awesome. Like, I was like, you want me to help you like to the market, you know? And you know, I felt awesome wearing this shit, you know? So I was like, this, this is really cool. And, uh, he's, he has seen something in what we make. And it's just been a, a really cool synergy be both between companies and friends, you know? So just the back and forth, it's been really good. He's done some stuff with our, with our products and for some insane reason he named like his awesomest pant after me. And, uh, yeah. the Gorecki cargo pants yeah, I have on right now. So, oh, wow. Nice. <laughs> This one will be out on Thursday. The uh, let me see the date to be exact for you. It is a uh, Thursday, ten a.m. on the eighteenth. Okay, so by the time ready. it comes out, they'll be sold out. Yeah, uh, but yeah. Um, so like, and finally, I was like, "Man, you got it. Can we do a standard issue one?" And he was like, "Yeah, just tell me, tell me what you have in mind." So I was like, "Let's do one kind of like safe color." And then let's one do one bold one, which is kind of the standard issue of JSP. You know, that's that's just kind of like our uh, our pair, you know, our parallels in the way that we kind of straddled like different things. Just like let's do one basic one and then do a little, little bolder one. So we'll start with the safe one and then we'll follow it up uh, maybe even a week after with the with the bolder one. So Ooh, nice. Yeah. So, but yeah, Antonio is is a trip, man. We talk about skate. We talk about I I, I want to talk about design. I listen to him talk about design because I can't even hold a bag next to like what his uh design DNA is. But uh, but yeah, it's all very very inspirational, very influential on me at our company. You know, we're honored to have him in our corner. So yeah, he's the man. This is the very first time I think I feel like I've ever used this term too. It's like in terms of like his overall design range too. It's like he can do a lot of different things, man. Like his graphic game is fire and he don't, yeah. he don't like, you know, he's still, there's still, he's still got so much, such a ways to go, man. And, and I think, you know, how much, how many collections they're cranking out, people are seizing, seeing it, but yeah, he's, he's the man. Definitely. And just seeing from, you know, the first and like one of your guys' first initial collaborations, like the Indigo Dabo hoodie to- That was great. Yeah. Yeah. He sent me a video of the guy 
dying on, on the side of the road, like literally like in like a street die. I was like, what the, f-? you know, like <laughs> this is crazy, man. But uh, yeah, nah, he's, he's a man, dude. Like I said, he's got such insane depth and the materials, the patterns, the fabrics, um, the reasoning, you know, it's all, it's all super awesome. So yeah. Shout out to Antonio and the whole team over there and you're seeing him, you know, allow his other designers on the team to kind of get their ability to shine. I mean, seeing Saeed grow within oh, man. Yeah, All Cap yeah. Studio. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that, yeah, that's another thing. Like I, I, I love the fact that he he's tapped in and locked in with, with the whole crew in Philly and yeah. Um, you know, Saeed, all those guys, man, the fashion side to fear, it's everything, even over to the skate part. Antonio's really locked in with Philly. So it's, it's, it, that's a special thing to me. Cause he's, he's given such a big platform to, uh, for kids in Philly, you know, in, in multiple different facets to uh, to get their ideas out. And that's that's important, man, you know. Definitely. We all need people in our corner, you know, and, and they, they, you know, they work well with one another. You know, there's a good, there's a good give and take, you know, and that's, that's the beauty of it, though. 100%. You know, you know, back to you, you know, your projects, you know, you're someone who always seems to have, like, several projects going at the same time. You know, what should people be keeping an eye out for from you? in the near future man i think just just continuing to do things that uh that that are special to us that are, that are things that we enjoy um you know we have another project with padmore barnes coming out and hopefully there's more of those to come because i really like their stuff i really like the idea of the small factory you know we have another vans project coming out for uh on good friday april 2nd oh, nice um yeah and i think just continuing just to stay doing the stuff that that that's important to us. Yeah, we definitely have some things that are coming that are like, you know, I, I don't know. They, 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 there are things that are heartfelt to me. Some I wish I could say them all right now, but it would, it would blow their cover. So I let uh, but there's some, there's some special ones in the works, man. It's like, it's honestly when I, when I think about like, especially the, what the past years look like from being able to work with like Emory Jones on the Plains project, yeah. uh, October, which yo shouts to Emory. Honestly, between uh, Emery and uh, and a friend of ours, Amir. I don't know if I'd have made it to this point in terms of fashion, in terms of just life in general. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're just really good people that have uh, done a lot for me as a person to get to this point. But to be able to do that with him, utilize my nephews in the in the video and photos was awesome. You know, just tell the story of like the planes of the planes story through the lens of Philadelphia skating was great. To work with Ice Cream the months after, you know, and then jump over to vans is like you know these are things that like you know they're major personal you know accomplishments and treatments yeah. like in boxes that like you know it's like fuck you i'm good if everything were to fall apart right now like i'd be good you know not to say i'd want it to fall apart but like if you know if i had to go do some other shit i could say like I, i'm thoroughly uh, fulfilled with with the people that I've been able to work with and the things I've gotten to do and and to, in terms of just getting like personal ideas out. So amazing. And did you have stuff that was supposed to come out in 2020 that kind of got postponed in 2021 or was it just like? Nah, is- yeah, you know, one thing, but I think it's still going to come out. Okay. Uh, yeah, yep. And I, I, honestly, that was the biggest stress early on, early pandemic was like these things that we'd worked so hard to to create and set up just making sure that they, you know, the pandemic didn't crush them because it crushed a lot of things. And if anything, reg- the stress aside of the pandemic, it gave us more time to think these things through and to really breathe and just strategize, you know, preparation, time and preparation is so important, you know, and it allowed us more of that. And it allowed us to kind of let things breathe on their own. And yeah, as stressful as the shit was, it, it, it was a blessing in that disguise. So, or a, a blessing in disguise in that regard. Yeah. So. It uh, yeah, everything everything has up to date has panned out well. So just knock on wood, just you know, stay healthy and you know, hopefully we come up out of this thing and continue to do what we've uh, what we've been able to do. So definitely sounds like a lot of stuff in the works, a lot of exciting projects. You know, where can the people follow you to stay up to date on everything from standard issues to JSP to pretty much everything. I think, uh, I mean, obviously through social media, standardissuetees.com uh, or, you know, through social media, obviously standard issue tees, Jimmy Garecki, JSP, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, 
the best thing to do, obviously, sign up for our web, our email list on our website, standardfees.com. Uh, that keeps you up to speed, obviously, product-wise, because fortunately, we've got to the point where it goes up and it sells out quick. So just to, to give uh, anybody the opportunity to to secure something they might see that we want, that's the best best place for sure. So, um, but shit, thank you so much, Alex. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you. And everything will be linked in the podcast description for anyone who wants to check it out. I would highly recommend it. Thank you again. I mean, this has been amazing. Really, some really great stories and really just inspiring to see, you know, your journey. Cool. Thank you so much, man. I hope you enjoyed this week's guest interview. If you enjoy the content in the podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on social media to stay updated on all new podcast episodes. You can follow us on Instagram at The Fashion Collector Podcast. You can follow my personal account at AlexWalkerPH. You can follow us on Twitter at TFC underscore pod. And with that being said, I'll catch you all next week.